New hope for the January 6th political prisoners. Could be looking good. Uh, Sam Bankman Freed keeps whining and whimpering. Uh, nope, sorry, can't feel any sympathy. And the Bank of America hates Christians. Hmm, we'll tell you about that coming up. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Wednesday. Wednesday just begun. Hump day throughout uh, the uh, United States of America. we got all that more coming up tonight on the show. Be sure and uh, stick with us. And while you're here, right off the bat, be sure and hit that follow button right there. Really important. Helps the show out a lot. It's free for you. doesn't cost anything. You can subscribe. There's a monthly subscription thing. as a button somewhere in there. But I'm not worried about that. What I would love you to do for free is to hit that follow button. Helps the show out. Free for you. We don't spam your inbox. And we really appreciate that. All right. The other thing we really appreciate is our sponsors. And these folks are amazing. Well, I'm so proud to have these guys on board. It is Blackout Coffee. Founded on the principles of conservative values, fresh roasted, premium grade coffee from a company that supports our American values. You're tired of the same old monotonous brown water crap liberal brand coffee that you've been drinking? Make a change. Do yourself the enormous favor of checking out Blackout Coffee. The link is in our show notes. Got a special deal for you. This coffee is all American. The owner of this company cares about two things making an incredible cup of coffee, which it is, and our American values, duty, family, value, rights, honor. They support our troops, our first responders, in every way possible. From sourcing the beans, the roasting process, customer support, shipping, they have an incredible work ethic, and they are dedicated to promoting conservative principles. They accept no compromise on quality and taste, and uh, I cannot recommend this coffee enough. Folks, I have been a coffee drinker my whole life. And they've got some amazing blends there. Check these signature blends out from uh, from Blackout Coffee. Brutal Awakening, Morning Reaper, Smooth Finish. By the way, they roast these and then ship them out within 28 to 48 hours to you after they've been roasted. So what you'll get delivered right to your door is a truly fresh roasted bag of coffee beans. Pitch Black Espresso, one of my favorites. Co-op, Covert Op Cold Brew. Cool. And a decaf blend also, if you are so inclined. These are absolutely incredible coffees. You've got to check them out. Help to support this company who supports our values and also makes an incredible cup of coffee. When you go to that link in our show notes, be sure when you check out you use our promo code to get 20% off your first order. Our code is J20, J-A-Y, my first name, J-A-Y 20, is the promo code at checkout for 20% off your first order at Blackout Coffee. Thank you, Blackout Coffee, <coughs> for coming along for the ride. We really do. We're very proud to have you part of the show, <clears throat> and I'm very proud to have you in my coffee cup. <laughs> mm. All right. Wow, that was a loud swallow. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Hey, by the way, the live chat is open. Anything you want to say? Uh, Mr. Bone, I did see your chat. It was too late. I'd already signed off last night, but thank you for that. I appreciate it. And I think I replied to you. I don't know if you saw it or not. 
But anyway, yeah, the live chat's open. Anything you want to add to the show, stick it in there. I'll see it and we'll talk about it. Uh, this is our uh, lead story tonight uh, from the AP. A court has tossed the January 6th sentence in a ruling that could, could impact a lot of other low-level capital riot cases. Federal Appeals Court on Friday ordered a new sentence for a North Carolina man who pled guilty for a petty offense in the Capitol riot, a ruling which may impact dozens of other cases in the massive January 6th prosecution or persecution, as the case may be. The appeals court in Washington said James Little was wrongly sentenced for his conviction on a misdemeanor offense to both prison time and probation which is court-ordered monitoring of defendants who are not behind bars, if you didn't know what probation is. Uh, Little, who did enter the Capitol, but he did not join in any of the destruction or violence, uh, pled guilty in 2021 to a charge that carries up to six months behind bars. He was sentenced last year to 60 days in prison, followed by three years of probation for walking into the Capitol and doing nothing. The two-to-one opinion from the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit said probation and imprisonment may not be imposed as a single sentence for a petty offense. They added there are, they are, sep there are separate items or options on the menu. Judge Wilkins, who was appointed by former President Barack Obama, of course, dissented. Now, here's the thing. This decision could pretty much invalidate dozens of January 6th defendants. They can all use this now as case law. And they got what is known as a split sentence for a petty offense. More than 80 other January 6th defendants have been sentenced to both prison time and probation for the same offense as little. Practical effect could be limited. Almost all of them have likely already served their prison terms long ago. Little's attorney asked the appeals court to simply order an end to his probation monitoring since he's already served his 60 days behind bars. An attorney declined to comment Friday for Little. Justice Department could appeal the decision, of course. And you know what? With this department, wouldn't surprise me in the least. U.S. Attorney's Office spokesperson in Washington said, we're reviewing, here we go, we're reviewing the court's ruling and will determine our next step in accordance with the law. And you know these a-holes will never give up. They have persecuted these people from the beginning. You saw the story we did, was at the end of last week, with pictures from inside one of the cells of one of these persecuted political January 6th prisoners. Some judges have imposed sentences on misdemeanor cases. They've stressed the need to keep tabs on the defendants. Ooh, they're so dangerous. To prevent them from engaging in such conduct during the next election. Oh, please, shut the... Anyway... It's possible this could have an effect. Like I said, it's kind of a muted effect because a lot of these 80-plus people who've already been sentenced have already served their time. So it 
may or may not. In some cases, it, it could. It might actually have an effect. So we'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye on it and uh, pray for these folks who are wrongly and politically imprisoned. Someone who is not wrongly imprisoned is this thief, this whining little baby, SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried. You remember him with the crypto? Well, he went back to jail because the judge pulled his, uh, his bail. And now he says, I can't prepare for trial because I don't have a vegan diet and I'm not getting my meds. Wah. Look at that face. I, I'm not a violent guy. Unless I have to be. FTX founder can't adequately prepare for trial in six weeks while in jail because he says he doesn't have proper access to computers, necessary meds to help him concentrate, and a better diet than bread and water and peanut butter. The lawyers made their complaints at the Manhattan Federal Court hearing after Bankman Freed pled not guilty to seven charges he will face in his trial starting October 3rd, which include wire fraud and a bunch of conspiracy counts. He was extradited from the Bahamas in December. Prosecutors said he stole billions, with a B, billions of dollars in FTX customer deposits, spending tens of millions of dollars on his businesses, speculative venture investments, charitable donations, most of which went to the Democratic Party, I might add, and illegal campaign contributions aimed at influencing cryptocurrency regulation in Washington. This little child is 31 years old. Mama's boy. California, of course making his first court appearance in a drab beige prison uniform since his $250 million bail was revoked 10 days ago. He went right back in the pokey, and uh, now he's complaining because he, he doesn't have a vegan diet. Oh, suffer. There's another word to that phrase. I think I'll leave it off for now, but uh, you know where I'm going. You're going to really love real prison when you get there. You're just in jail now. When you get convicted, you wind up in an actual prison prison? Oh, you're going to be dying for bread, peanut butter, and water. <laughs> Moron. F around and find out. Love it when it happens. All right, this is from InfoWars. The link is in our show notes, and I know the moment you hear Alex Jones or InfoWars, you know, it's a tune-out, whatever, but... He's not always wrong. In fact, he's often right. He has been proven right a lot. Yes, he's done some horribly awful things in the past. He's also been right a lot. Cops intervene as Antifa trannies clash with the Leave Our Kids Alone protesters in L.A. This just happened. Parents, look at this. Wow. Wow. Masked far-left Antifa revolutionaries and their LBGTQXYZ plus allies went head-to-head -head with the LAPD 
in downtown L.A. yesterday. A lot of people got arrested, including, thankfully, a lot of Antifa morons. The liberal commies counter-demonstrating. What happened was there was a protest march from parents, parents' rights groups, who are opposed to the governor's latest bills that completely restrict school districts from letting parents know if their child expresses so-called gender identity issues. Basically, some of this legislation says the schools can do whatever they want and they don't have to inform the parents. The parents said, oh no, that ain't happened. And they formed a group. And this parents' right group took to the streets, marched down to the school district. Anthony Cabasa on the ground documenting the action as Antifa and their allies attempted to confront angry parents protesting the liberal indoctrination by marching from City Hall to the LAUSD, which is the United School District. They were met with riot police. Yes! Take a look. Yes, like what do we do? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, parents here, you can see them marching on the streets. Leave our kids alone. Huge police presence. Unbelievable. Look at that. Wow. Pro-LGBT activists, Antifa militants, revolutionary communists, blocking off the pathway for parents to the school district headquarters. Police and the two groups clash. Eventually, police deem the, uh, deem the crowd of leftist counter-protesters an unlawful assembly and told them to disperse. And so the parents' rights group could get on with their permitted demonstration. They refused. It didn't go well. And a whole lot of people got arrested. Take a look at these Antifa morons getting shoved around by the cops, riot police. Number of them eventually wound up in handcuffs. Cool. Get them. Whole stories in our show notes tonight. Yes, it's InfoWars, but this is factual story. There's video throughout it, and it's just explaining to you exactly what happened when these Antifa goons tried to stop parents who simply want you to leave their kids alone. Can't ask for more than that. We continue to follow the Obama chef story, and this story just appeared yesterday. Some of this stuff is kind of conclusive, but... I'm asking, if that's the case, then why aren't you releasing all the stuff if your investigation, for all intents, is over? This is from the Boston Herald. The Obama's chef died from an accidental drowning. At Martha's Vineyard, the Massachusetts medical examiner says, there he is, 
The Obama's 45-year-old personal chef died from an accidental drowning near the former president's Martha Vineyard estate, according to the state's chief medical examiner. Tafari Campbell, West Virginia, died in July paddleboarding on Edgartown Great Pond. His body recovered a day after he went missing by Massachusetts State Police divers about 100 feet from shore at a depth of about 8 feet. Campbell not wearing a personal flotation device, not leashed to the paddleboard when he lost balance and went underwater. Campbell was, by the way, a relatively good swimmer. There's videotape of him doing that. The Office of the Chief Medical Examiner Tuesday released the finalized cause and manner of death for Campbell. Cause, drowning, manner, accident, how the injury occurred, submersion in a body of water. Well, that would be fairly obvious. The immediate aftermath, the state police said the initial investigation showed there was no evidence that the death was suspicious. Police found no external trauma and no external injuries. Another paddleboarder on the pond who has yet to be identified said that Campbell was standing on his paddleboard, lost his balance, and fell in the water, then struggled to stay afloat before going underwater. That fellow paddleboarder tried to swim to Campbell's location, but didn't reach him in time. The toxicology report? You ain't gonna get it. In Massachusetts, toxicology is not a public record. Therefore, the chief medical examiner's office spokesman said, we will not make it available. There you go. So that may or may not, I think probably does clear up most of the questions about what happened. If you can believe them, I'm not going to stick my tinfoil hat on quite so tight, but that's the report. It's out. It is what it is. All right, there's another link, by the way, to Anthony Cabasa's Twitter feed, and it's got uh, more of that uh, video of the parents' parade with Antifa and the arrests being made. I included that so you can uh, you can check that out and uh, some of the stuff that was happening there. Oh, I love this one. I love this one. You know this whole climate change hoax that they're trying to shove down our throats? Take a look at the latest end fossil fuels scare tactic. Look at this thing. Can we go full screen? Let's really, there we go, blow the hell out of that thing. Oh my God, we're all gonna die! This was actually on television in these scaremongering moron idiots who are trying to do everything they can to push this climate change scam. A heat dome covers most of the United States. Um, let me just check. Wednesday, August 23rd. That would be summer. It's a heat dome in a world where temperatures soar. No one is safe. <laughs> These idiots. 
They're just going to keep doing it. And you know what? We're just going to keep telling you to screw off. We're not buying it. And by the way, yes, there's a lot of crap out there about the whole COVID thing. They're trying to drag that back in. They will drag it back in. They're making preparations right now. We're not going to comply. It's not going to happen. By the way, at the very top of our show notes tonight, where it says, In Tonight's Show, there's a link that I didn't put on the show, but I included it in the show notes. It is to Tucker Carlson's X feet because I'm sure my audience will not be watching the useless, what they call a debate on Fox tonight. I am quite sure they will be instead watching President Trump's interview with Tucker Carlson. So if you haven't yet signed up for Twitter slash X, or you're not following Tucker Carlson, the link is right there. It's the first link under In Tonight's Show. Give them a follow. Do yourself a favor. Screw Fox News. Useless pieces of crap. Tucker Carlson has an amazing channel over there on X. He's done some brilliant, all of them have been brilliant interviews. And tonight, one of the best. Our man, President Trump. Somebody who is not our man is a former Star Trek star. This guy, I swear, he is such a psycho. I don't know what the hell is wrong with this man. George Takai used to play Sulu on Star Trek. He is now comparing Republican efforts to protect children from genital mutilation to the dark forces that led to the Holocaust. Yeah. He actually went there. Once a tertiary actor on the 60s Star Trek series, George Takai has since become a very outspoken LGBT activist and Biden booster. 86 years old, repeatedly making headlines for his rather questionable takes like defense of the activists, LGBT activists who, got exp- who were exposing their genitals to children at the Seattle Pride Parade. Public expression of hope that Senator Mark Rubio suffer an adverse reaction from a COVID-19 vaccine, and his suggestion that immigration and customs enforcement detention centers were comparable to concentration camps. In an apparent attempt to outdo himself, Takai has suggested last week that Republicans' efforts to protect children from irreversible genital mutilation and hormone treatments call to mind the internment of Japanese Americans during World War II and the dark forces that led to the horrors of the Holocaust in Europe. Takai, shut up, sit down. We don't want to hear from you anymore. You're an idiot. Your opinions are stupid. You make no sense. Yes, the Japanese internment in World War II was an absolute disgrace for this country. It is a black mark on our history that never ever should have happened but it did but to compare this to the dark forces that led to the holocaust this man is sick he is just sick incredible all right hey brickhouse nutrition just give me a second here to 
Take a quick break and tell you about one of our amazing sponsors, and that is Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Folks, we all know the importance of fruit and vegetables. You cannot get by without them. you got to have them. The problem is they're hard to prepare. you got to shop for them. you got to keep them fresh, which is very hard to do. Uh, you've got to cook them. All that you go through, and half the time the fruits and veggies are gone off before you get to them. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. Field of Greens, a science-backed formula of specific, healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables all ground up into an amazing tasting powder. You just mix it in with your favorite drink, green tea, orange juice, whatever. This is real USDA organic fruits and vegetables, not extracts. You look on the back of the pack, it says nutrition information, not supplement facts, because these are 100% real USDA organic fruits and vegetables. Comes in great tasty flavors. You can see some of them right here. Amazing. And Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. All you're going to need, you start using this stuff, I swear on your next checkup, your doctor's going to wonder what you're doing. He's going to say, I don't know what you're up to, but keep doing it because it's working. Real USDA organic fruits and vegetables, all the good stuff that you need that is so difficult to get. I know what it's like trying to go shopping, preparing all this stuff, keeping them fresh. You don't have to. Brickhouse Nutrition is the way to do it. And if you use our link in our show notes right down there, you will get a special deal from the show and from Brickhouse Nutrition. All right, check it out. Brickhouse Nutrition, good stuff, very good stuff. And thank you. Brickhouse Nutrition for uh, for being a part of the show. I, the Bank of America, if you're a Christian, hates you. No, I'm not kidding. They actually hate you. Check this out. Bank of America has terminated account of Christian charity that supports orphaned Ugandans. Now, you know, right now in England, in the UK, there's been all kinds of crap going on with Nigel and the gang over there, people getting their accounts frozen, getting their accounts canceled. And it's happening here. Good old Bank of America. Trends of canceling Americans for wrong think seem to be well and alive. Bank of America decided to completely shut down a bank account held by Memphis-based Christian nonprofit called Indigenous Advanced Ministries. They are known for a whole bunch of different charitable operations like support of impoverished and orphaned Ugandan children. It is notably Christian, pro-life, opposes the concept of marriage uh, being anything other than between one man and one woman. Bank of America shuts down the account of a Christian charity that serves impoverished Ugandans. That's the letter they got. They issued a letter, Bank of America, that canceled the IAM Ministries account on April 24th. Financial institution gave the group only a 30-day notice. Notification read, Upon review of your account, we have determined you are operating in a business type we have chosen not to service at Bank of America. Really? a charitable organization. Representatives of the group say they have repeatedly asked for a justification for this sudden shutdown. A month later, 
Bank of America sends a follow-up message. Listen to the similarity to the first one they sent. Upon review of your accounts, we have determined you're operating in a business type we have chosen not to service at Bank of America. Is there an echo in here? Indigenous America Advanced Ministries board members Steve Happ, Bob Phillip penned a letter to the Tennessee Attorney General in order to request assistance. Being forced to transition so quickly caused a great deal of trouble for us, begins the letter. It also disrupted our mission in Uganda in June, and we were temporarily unable to pay salaries in Uganda, and we were left very confused. Our mission and work, supporting Ugandan children and families throughout indigenous Ugandan ministries, has remained the same since we were founded and first opened our accounts with Bank of America. And now Bank of America canceled them. I guess that would tend to let you know what maybe you should do if you're a customer of Bank of America? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> they never learn. We'll teach them. Little bites at a time, remember? Take little bites. Okay, we have not talked about TikTok in a long time on this show because they haven't frankly been doing much of anything. I hope you've taken my advice. You've dumped TikTok. You've gotten your kids off TikTok, the spyware from the CCP. Well, guess what? It's not just the CCP that's spying on you and all your information and all your friends' information and everything you type, even if you don't send it, that they gather. The Biden Department of Justice wants to use TikTok to spy on you. I am not kidding. The agreement they're looking to get would grant federal agencies permission to search TikTok's U.S. headquarters, files, and servers without notice. Idiot. The U.S. government regulators attempted to reach an agreement with TikTok to avoid banning the app in the U.S., which would have granted the federal government extensive control over the app. Forbes got a draft of a contract between TikTok and the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States that would have granted unprecedented access to multiple U.S. agencies to all of TikTok's records and operations. Many of the concessions the government demanded from TikTok resemble the surveillance techniques that critics have accused the Chinese officials of exploiting. Exactly the same crap I was telling you and warning you about when you use TikTok, the U.S. government was trying to do the same thing they're doing. Concerns remain the CCP is using the app as a surveillance tool. They are federal government almost converted it into an American one. The draft agreement, comprised in the summer of 2022, last summer, would have given the Department of Justice more access to TikTok than any other social media company. Wow. 
TikTok did not confirm or deny the draft agreement. Instead, explained the company had been working with Cephas for quite some time, well over a year, to implement some sort of national security agreement. See, they saw a good thing, and they did their damnedest to try and squeak their slimy, criminal little spying mitts into the data. <laughs> the fact check files. Remember we told you last night, fact checkers getting what, 80 Aussie dollars per fact check? Or no, 800, 800 Aussie dollars per fact check. That is not being independent. That's being a paid shill. Well, there's this one from Sky News Australia. This is weird. The Fact Check Files. Long story. Read it. It's in our show notes. Inside the secretive and lucrative fact-checking industry, behind a foreign-funded bid to censor voice debate, two of Australia's powerful universities and a multi-billion dollar tech giant are fronting campaigns to silence news coverage of The Voice to influence the referendum, according to Jack Houghton, digital editor. Sky News Australia investigation. They do a great job, by the way, at Sky News. They've uncovered a disturbing foreign-financed attempt to block political debate and news coverage around The Voice, which exposes the global fact-checking system used by tech giant Meta that runs Facebook as non-compliant with its own rules of impartiality and transparency. This is basically a hugely detailed article of what we talked about last night, which is why I include it in the show note. If you're interested in this stuff, what's going on over there in Australia, read the whole article because it will open your eyes, I promise you. This guy did an amazing job of uh, of covering this story and exactly the kind of crap that's going on over there. All right, one more. One more, then we got to bug on over to our book. You, uh, hang on, let me just pause this. It might look a little weird at first, but it's not. About less than a minute. Take a look at these little guys. These, that's not what you think. Wait till I play the video. This is a group of young men, very young men, who obviously got raised right, who obviously had a dad or a mom or hopefully both that told them what it was like to be a man, to respect other people, particularly women. Take a look. Let me play this. It's just, it's a whole bunch of these shots. Look at that. Very carefully putting her, putting her strap up, pulling her skirt down. These little girls, you know, who have no idea. They look like they're, what, two? Th oh, look at that one. <laughs> She's sleeping away. Aw. Is this a killer or what? But look at these guys. Yo, pal, I gotcha. <laughs> oh man that was like a thank you look 
tying her shoes or putting on her sandals. <laughs> These guys are great. I love this. Absolutely amazing. Wow. Raised right. Raised right. There is hope, folks. Don't give up. There's hope. So nice. Good to see. All right. We read books on this show. We have done that from a long time, 420, 35 shows ago, something like that. Mm. And we're going to continue. We did uh, 1984, just finished it. And we stayed with George Orwell because he's an incredible writer and he writes incredible books. And we do the stuff that's in the public domain, basically, so I don't get copyright strikes. So we are now started uh, Animal Farm. We just uh, we finished Chapter 3 last night. We're moving on to Chapter 4. Before I do that, though, just a couple quick reminders. All of our great sponsors are in our show notes. Get yourself some great deals. Blackout Coffee, NordVPN, Brickhouse Nutrition. You'll also find a link to our Jay Sheldon Show merchandise. I know it's kind of washed out on camera there. Ah, there you go. That's a good shot. All right. Coffee mugs, T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, all kinds of cool stuff over there at the Jay Sheldon Show merch store. And, of course, the follow button. We're headed for 100. I know it's a tiny little amount compared to a lot of other folks, but we're getting there. Slowly but surely, we'll get there. Hit that follow button. It's free for you. Helps the show out a lot. We really appreciate it. Don't want to bug the hell out of you with that, but just really want to remind you, if you haven't yet, to hit that follow button. Sign up for an account. If you're listening on the podcast on uh, Skype or Skype, <laughs> uh, Spotify, or um, iTunes. We're on all those. Our audio of our show is a podcast. You can find it hours after we're done with our live Rumble broadcast. Don't forget tonight also, of course, Tucker Carlson with his interview with our man, President Trump. All right, here we go. It's Animal Farm, and it's the beginning of Chapter 4. By the late summer... The news of what had happened on Animal Farm had spread across half the county. Every day, Snowball and Napoleon sent out flights of pigeons whose instructions were to mingle with the animals on neighboring farms, tell them the story of the rebellion, and teach them the tune of Beasts of England. Most of this time, Mr. Jones had spent sitting on the taproom of the Red Lion at Wildington, complaining to anyone who'd listen of the monstrous injustice he'd suffered in being turned out of his property by a pack of good-for-nothing animals. The other farmers sympathized in principle, but they didn't at first give him much help. At heart, each of them was secretly wondering whether he could not somehow turn Jones's misfortune into his own advantage. It was lucky the owners of the two farms which adjoined Animal Farm were on permanently bad terms. One of them, which was named Foxwood, was a large, neglected, old-fashioned farm, much overgrown by woodland, with all its pastures worn out, its hedges in disgraceful condition. Its owner, Mr. Pilkington, was an easy-going gentleman farmer who spent most of the time fishing or hunting, according to the season. The other farm, which was called Pinchfield, was smaller, better kept, its owner was a Mr. Frederick, a tough, shrewd man, perpetually involved in lawsuits and with a name for driving hard bargains. These two disliked each other so much it was difficult for them to come to any agreement, even in defense of their own interests. Nevertheless, 
They were both thoroughly frightened by the rebellion on Animal Farm, and very anxious to prevent their own animals from learning too much about it. At first they pretended to laugh and scorn the idea of animals managing a farm for themselves. The whole thing would be over in a fortnight, they said. They put it about the animals on Manor Farm. They insisted on calling it Manor Farm. They would not tolerate the name Animal Farm. Were perpetually fighting among themselves and were also rapidly starving to death. When the time passed, the animals had evidently not starved to death. Frederick Pilkington changed their tune, began to talk of the terrible wickedness that now flourished on Animal Farm. It was given out that the animals there practiced cannibalism, tortured one another with red-hot horseshoes, and had their females in common. This was what came of rebelling against the laws of nature, Frederick and Pellington said. However, these stories were never fully believed. Rumors of a wonderful farm where the human beings had been turned out and the animals managed their own affairs continued to circulate in vague and distorted forms. And throughout the year, a wave of rebellious, rebelliousness ran throughout the countryside. Bulls, which had always been traceable, suddenly turned savage. Sheep broke down hedges, devoured the clover. Cows kicked the pailos over. Hunters refused their fences and shot their riders onto the other side. Above all, the tune and even the words of Beast of England were known everywhere. It had spread with astonishing speed. The human beings couldn't contain their rage when they heard this song, though they pretended to think it was merely ridiculous. They couldn't understand, they said, how even animals could bring themselves to sing such contemptible rubbish. Any animal caught singing it was given a flogging, on the spot. And yet, the song was irrepressible. The blackbirds whistled it in the hedges, the pigeons cooted in the elms, it got into the din of the smithies and the tune of the church bells. And when the human beings listened to it, they secretly trembled, hearing it a prophecy of their future doom. Early in October, when the corn was cut, stacked, some of it already threshed. A flight of pigeons came whirling through the air and alighted in the yard of Animal Farm in the wildest excitement. Jones and all his men, with a half-dozen others from Foxwood and Pinchfield, had entered the five-barred gate and were coming up the cart track that led to the farm. They were all carrying sticks, except Jones who was marching ahead with a gun in his hand. Obviously, they were going to attempt the recapture of the farm. This had long been expected. All preparations had been made. Snowballed, who'd studied an old book of Julius Caesar's campaigns, which he'd found in the farmhouse, was in charge of defensive operations. He gave his orders quickly and in a couple of minutes, every animal was at his post. 
As the human beings approached the farm building, Snowball launched his first attack. All the pigeons, to the number of 35, flew to and fro over the men's heads, muted upon them from midair. And while the men were dealing with this, the geese, who'd been hiding behind the hedge, rushed out and pecked viciously at their calves of their legs. However, this was only a light skirmishing maneuver, intended to create a little disorder. And the men easily drove the geese off with their sticks. Snowball had now launched his second line of attack. Muriel, Benjamin, and all the sheep, with Snowball at the head of them, rushed forward and prodded butted the men from every side, while Benjamin turned around and lashed at them with his small hooves. But once again, the men with their sticks and their hobnailed boots were too strong for them, and suddenly, at a squeal from Snowball, which was the signal for retreat, all the animals turned and fled through the gateway into the yard. The men gave a shout of triumph. They saw, as they imagined, their enemies in flight, and they rushed after them in disorder. This was just what Snowball had intended. As soon as they were well inside the yard, the three horses, the three cows, and the rest of the pigs, who'd been lying in ambush in the cowshed, suddenly emerged in their rear, cutting them off. Snowball! now gave the signal for the charge. He himself dashed straight for Jones. Jones saw him coming, raised his gun, and fired. The pellet scored bloody streaks across Snowball's back, and a sheep dropped dead. Without halting for an answer an instant, Snowball flung his fifteen stone against Jones's legs. Jones was hurled into a pile of dung, and his gun flew out of his hands. But the most terrifying spectacle of all was Boxer, rearing up on his hind legs, striking out with his great iron-shod hooves like a stallion. His first blow took a stable lad from boxwood on the skull, stretched his lifeless in the mud. At that sight, several men dropped their sticks and tried to run. Panic overtook them. The next moment, all the animals together, chasing them round and round the yard. They were gored, kicked, bitten, trampled on. There was not an animal on the farm that did not take vengeance on them after his own fashion. Even the cat suddenly leapt off a roof onto a cowman's shoulders and sank her claws into his neck, at which he yelled horribly. At a moment when the opening was clear, the men were glad enough to rush out of the yard and make a bolt for the main road. And so, within five minutes of their invasion, they were in ignomin ignominious retreat by the same way they'd come with a flock of geese hissing after them and pecking at their calves all the way. All the men were gone. Back in the yard, Boxer was 
pawing with his hoof at the stable lad who lay face down in the mud, trying to turn him over. The boy didn't stir. He is dead, said Boxer sorrowfully. I had no intention of doing that. I forgot I was wearing iron shoes. Who will believe that I did not do this on purpose? No sentimentality, comrade, cried Snowball, from whose wounds the blood was still dripping. War is war. The only good human being is a dead one. I have no wish to take life, not even human life, repeated Boxer, and his eyes were full of tears. Where's Molly? exclaimed somebody. Molly was, in fact, missing. For a moment there was great alarm. It was feared the men might have harmed her in some way, or even carried her off with them. But in the end, however, she was found hiding in her stall, with her head buried among the hay in the manger. She'd taken to flight as soon as the gun went off. When the others came back from looking for her, it was to find the stable lad, who, in fact, was only stunned, had already recovered and made off. The animals had now reassembled in the wildest excitement, each recounting his own exploits in the battle at the top of his voice. And that's where we'll leave it off for tonight. We'll continue on with Chapter 4 coming up tomorrow night on the show. All right, our sponsors, our follow button, J. Sheldon Show Merchandise, but at the end of the day, just a big thank you for watching. Really do appreciate that. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your day. Don't forget tonight, President Donald Trump on Tucker on X. Have a good day. Snort. <laughs>